Let us pray. Loving God, I pray that the words that you have given me will truly bless your beloved people this morning. Amen. Now, the Rabina Town Centre always does Christmas very well. And the management are very willing to hear from people from our church and from other churches. And a few years ago, when Stuart asked if they could play some Christmas carols along with the Christmas songs, they did so happily and have done so ever since then. A couple of years ago, when lots of building was happening in the kitchens area, some of us noticed that the rather pathetic nativity scene that had originally been placed between the two supermarkets, if you remember, the Coles and Woolies used to face each other off in that area and there'd be this pathetic little uh, nativity scene sitting there. Anyway, at this stage, Coles had been moved and they brought the thing back and they just shoved it against the wall outside Woolies. It was disgraceful. And in fact, two of our ladies approached the management and told them just that. This was disgraceful. I'm sure other people complained about it too. So we were delighted when the following year a beautifully simple carved nativity scene appeared outside Big W with lots of nice greenery around it to make it look special. Yes, Father Christmas was situated in the main area with all the bells and whistles, but at least there was a nativity scene there. Each year, the setting for Santa has become more and more elaborate, whilst the opposite has happened around the nativity scene. This year, I noticed that there was one straggly plant, artificial of course, stuck behind it. And that was it. And so feeling really miffed about the whole thing, I went to the centre management. Now I, I do assure you that I didn't go in with all guns blazing. I calmed down like this, was very polite. And I said to the lovely lady behind the counter how much it meant to the huge number of Christians who use the centre daily to have such a lovely nativity scene. And she agreed that it was beautiful in its simplicity. So I asked whether the management might be willing to place some shrubs around it to make it look loved. Oh, she said, so you would like it to be dressed. Well, I hadn't heard that term, but obviously it was one of the terms that they knew. And I said, um, yes, <laughs> that, that would be wonderful, thank you. Well, each week since then I have checked, nothing has happened. Even on Wednesday this week I checked, nothing has happened. So I thought, well, that's a pity. But then it struck me that having the simple but beautiful scene tucked away with nothing to draw people to it, while the Santa Centre was a blaze of lights and other shiny things, it actually represented the way things really are. Given the stress of this year, with all that is normal cast away, 
and having to cope with so many new and difficult situations, including separation from loved ones, plus the tiredness that comes from all the decisions we need to make as Christmas looms, how many people would be thinking about the Christ child tucked away in his crib out of their sight? Or of those whose lives have been decimated this year by fires and floods, the loss of loved ones, the impact of COVID, and have the feeling that there is no hope for the future, how many of them would even consider the child in his crib as one who was there for them? And I realise that this is the way it has always been. With God's people Israel focusing on all the traumas, suffering and difficulties of their lives in their dangerous world. While God was working silently in the background to bring about their consolation. Isn't that a lovely word? Consolation. It means to comfort, to bring strength by being with someone. And of course, not only for the Jews, God was also working for the Gentiles to bring, into their, to bring light into their souls that were dark because of their worship of the pagan gods, which are a very nasty lot. His light would enable them to see that salvation was to be found in Jesus, the Christ. However, there were always some of God's people, Israel, who not only trusted him to bring about what he had promised, in spite of the harshness of their world, but waited and prayed for the time when this would happen. People like Simeon and Anna. How could they be so sure that God was always working to bring this about? Well, it's because they knew the writings of the prophets. They knew the scriptures. They knew about the special child to be born who would bring light and joy to the dark, sad world. Not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And who would rule with justice and righteousness. They knew that he would be of the house of David and would be born in David's town of Bethlehem. They knew that a virgin would give birth to this precious baby and that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. They knew that whether people were aware of it or not, that from the moment of his birth, everything would be different. The old covenant that we might call the old normal was focused on keeping the law, but now in the new, it would be placed, replaced by the new covenant of grace. And how would they know that? Because of Jeremiah. He proclaimed, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant in, with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will all know me, 
from the least of them to the greatest. To know God in the scriptures is not head knowledge. It is experiential knowledge out of your relationship with God. And what we see happening in today's reading is a continuation of Luke's brilliant narrative that shows how the old covenant represented by Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist leads to and proclaims that the new has come. It is a beautiful moment when the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumps for joy when Mary, who is pregnant with Jesus, comes to stay with them. And Elizabeth not only names him, but sings praises to her Lord. Luke places on the work and presence of the Holy Spirit in the lives of both men and women, especially at that time of massive change. The text says that the Spirit was upon Simeon. He had revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ and had prompted him to go to the temple on that particular day so that he could actually see the Christ. His response, as so often in the gospel, is to sing praises to God. And in the spirit, he blesses Mary and Joseph and prophesies both the impact that the child would have on the world and those in power, but also the cost to him, such as would pierce Mary's soul. Once again, Simeon's knowledge of the scriptures would include the prophecies in Isaiah, for instance, in chapter 53, which concerned the suffering servant who would be crushed for our iniquities. And Psalm 22, which sets out so clearly his death on a cross. Then there is Anna. I love Luke, he always pairs male and female, Jew and Gentile. <clears throat> and Anna, who had spent most of her long life in the temple, worshipping God, fasting and praying. And once again, the presence of the Holy Spirit was upon her, very powerfully indeed, because she was a prophetess. And so she is prompted to come towards the Holy Family at the very moment that Simeon was prophesying. And she becomes the first person in that temple to speak about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Then at the end, Luke just draws all of this together, expressing clearly that the old normal was done and dusted and the new normal had come. When Mary and Joseph, this is, I'm repeating this because every word matters in Luke. He's never careless with words. When Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their own town of Nazareth and the child grew and became strong. And in some translations it said 
he became strong in his spirit. And he was filled with wisdom, which is once again part of the Holy Spirit. And this key word, and the grace of the Lord was upon him. And as we know from our own knowledge of the scriptures, God would continue working behind the scenes for another 30 years before the next great stage of his plan for the world would come about. So how could this ancient story speak to us today in our world of COVID with border closures, separation from loved ones, threats to supplies and finances, sickness and uncertainty about what the new normal might look like. Well, I think it reminds us that no matter what is happening in the world, God is there working behind the scenes to bless his people. He works with the complexities of life at both the universal and the personal levels. And his timing is always just spot on. One wonderful example of this is that just as we needed it, we had the technology to keep in touch, to meet, to live stream our services and to repurpose our machinery to manufacture essential medical items. If this COVID thing had hit us even two years earlier, things would have been so different. I think it also encourages us to wait expectantly and with hope because God is trustworthy. Indeed, it encourages us to look for the blessings and to give thanks and praise to him at all times. Already, we have discovered and rediscovered our creative skills. We have seen how much kindness generosity and courage there is in our community. We have been forced to think, rethink our lifestyles, our work practices and our priorities. We know that families, friends and looking after each other and ourselves are very important. I know from my own family in Melbourne, we both my son and daughter-in-law have had to work from home and homeschool their boys. <laughs> My son Anthony was, became very much in awe of what teachers had to put up with in the classroom, dealing with a five-year-old and an 11-year-old. But he did so well that he got praised by the teachers when the boys went back to school. But he made it clear, as we've discussed all this many times, that the shutdown actually brought their family together more than they could have imagined because they had more time together. And I think that's certainly a great blessing. So surely we can trust God as the new normal takes shape. And most of all, it reminds us that through the Christ child and his indwelling Holy Spirit, God is always with us. Not demanding that we keep a list of laws and rules, but gracing us with his love and inviting us to know him, to have this close, loving relationship with him as our loving saviour. 
It is my prayer that each one of us will respond to his invitation and experience the hope, joy, peace and love that come with our relationship with him. And keep a look out next year to see whether that beautifully simple nativity scene at Rabina Town Centre has been dressed and done so with something that will draw people to come and see the Christ child who was born for them. Amen. There's one more slide that is coming up. Okay. What I had hoped to do at the end of my sermon this morning was to play this beautiful song that I discovered. It's called, As I Held Him in My Arms. Unfortunately, all sorts of legal problems made that impossible. So I've put the link up there for you. Michael Card, all you have to think of is Christmas Card, and I'll give you the prompt of his name. Now that I have held him in my arms, that's Simeon's song. I do hope you'll have a go at YouTube and just let it bless you as it did me. Amen. <laughs>